What's going on, people? Welcome back to the Emerging on Golf Podcast. I am Mike Maroney, your resident PGA professional here on the podcast. We got McLean Boyd, our resident. Who? Who? McLean Boyd. There we go. The first time you pronounce it all jumbled up. That wasn't good. Well, Just he's tighten it up, host. He's an asshole from the south. We got to find a cool name for that. He's our resident club fitter extraordinaire. And then Mr. Jay Woodson, our past tour professional. Has in, been. In another another life. So, <laughs> so uh, we are back for another unbelievable episode on some amazing golf that none of us watched. We're going to just get that right out there right now. We did not watch One any golf this weekend. None of the listeners did either, so it doesn't matter. That's a good point. Good point. Um not great. Not before we get into that. Uh, what are you, what are you boys drinking? Uh, Knob Knob Creek Twelve Year. It's hmm. good. Yeah, I'm on Weller Special Reserve. Wow, mm. look at our boy growing up, Jay. Fancy bitch, you. You're a fancy Man. bitch. Costco special, baby. <laughs> I love those non-regulated ABC, you know, states. states. So good. Good for you. Good for you. Feels nice. I'm actually not drinking any, uh, no bourbon tonight. Trying to go a little bit easy. Trying to cut down on the drinking. I drank the last two nights, so I'm just trying to cut down. So when when you do that, you you make us look like shit. I just want you to know that. Like when no, we we like get ready for this. We're like, okay, I I gotta have, I'm gonna break out something good. I open a bottle of knob 12, and then you're like, oh, drinking too much. You guys drink too much. I'm going to drink high noon. No, I would never like, say I you guys drink too much because it's evident. Um, <laughs> God, I, don't I, need to, I don't need to say it. <laughs> I had a nice Malbec before this. <laughs> I am drinking. I'm just not drinking bourbon tonight. What is that? So this is uh, Richmond's own Belle Isle Moonshine. They have some canned cocktails. Oh, geez, you're not drinking bourbon, but you're drinking moonshine. Okay, that's fair. Well, it's, it's not that's real not moonshine. Shine. That ain't yeah. real shine. No, it's only 5%. That ain't real shine. You're in Tennessee now. You know you know what that is. I'm from North Carolina. Let's not forget. I know it. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Eastern North Carolina, though. Eastern, not Western North Carolina. That's okay. The rich people would bring it down from the mountains. <laughs> they had their, their second house. You know, I'd always... <laughs> I'd always, you know, get at least invited to the parties and I'd find me a little mason jar. <laughs> yeah, this is not real moonshine. This is no something no. else. But uh, the, <laughs> I, I got the blood orange and soda one, which is that's fine. That's good. But support support local, right? Yeah. Stand up one more time, Mike. You want seriously? No. Oh, not not at all. Hey, this is what this is what knob yeah. twelve looks like in a snifter. Just in case you know, I feel bad. I feel bad that I throw mine on a cube, but I do. I'm that's just how I like it. Not as bad as I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick story here. Uh, one of our good buddies had some Pappy, I forget which, which year. Um, I wouldn't throw that on a cube. Well, so it was, he got it from his parents for his 40th birthday. It's our friend Ralph Reard. And we played some golf one day and we all enjoyed it after golf, had a nice sip, and he's, you know, he had some left over and uh, we all got together for something with some friends and our wives and he brought it. It was actually on my back deck in my old house and we're sipping on it and he gets a glass for everyone. And some of the wives just don't drink bourbon. 
and we see our friend. She takes it and pours it in a glass of Coke. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> We're like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, that's like, oh, hurts. I wasn't really a big fan of it. I was like, well, give it to somebody give it else. Back. Do not yeah, I'll give you some Jack Daniels to put on that Coke. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, back. this is not Jack and Coke. <laughs> it's not okay. No, that's not okay. It was I almost like shed a tear. <laughs> that's not okay. What are you doing? Yeah, what are Come you on. doing? So, anyways, um, you guys want to talk golf? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's talk uh, golf. More fun to talk alcohol. We should make this a bourbon podcast. <laughs> we could. Yeah, we could. We could. Absolutely. We can definitely do that. Yeah. So we had the Sanderson Farms. Um, I was told Luke List won in a five-man playoff, which is quite the eclectic five-man playoff. You had a couple journeymen in here, Luke List and Scott Stallings. Then you had Henrik Norlander, who I hadn't heard that name in quite some time. Then you had Ben Griffin. We'll get to him in a second. Rough, rough Sunday for Ben. Yeah. He shot two over to get in the playoff. <laughs> yeah. When everyone else is going low, that hurts. I mean, you talk about having a hard time being able to get it back together to go out there in the playoff after you're just dejected, had the tournament in your hands. Yeah. And well, then, I mean, the guy was, the guy was like a banker like a year and a half ago, wasn't he? Like he was like working in a, it, yeah, he was, yeah, he was doing wealth something. management, a banker, financial services, something. He was not playing golf a year and a half ago. And then here he is a year and a half later and he's in a playoff <laughs> with a bunch of guys trying to win his first beat. And, and one of them was Lud- Ludwig Aberg, was the fifth guy who the hottest dude on the planet right now. The new golden child. I-, I couldn't believe he actually stayed committed to this tournament. I mean, he flew over from Rome. He said he was up till three thirty in the morning Monday partying, and then flies all the way from Rome to Jackson, Mississippi. Hmm. Um, not the place that you want to go when you're coming from Rome. Not only did he still play the tournament. He played well and got himself into a playoff. So, yeah, and that's all I got on the tournament. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke List, he, it, this is like right up Luke List out, out of his typical playbook. It's don't hear from him for a while, and then he pops up, wins an event, gets his two-year exemption on tour, and then we won't hear from him for the next two years, and then he'll win again. Yeah, and that's just kind of the cycle. It seems like he's on, and again, that's just completely anecdotal how I see it as 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 I think of Luke List. But it's like, oh yeah, hey, Luke List won an event, and we're not going to hear from him for a while. He'll be on the verge of maybe losing his card, and then he'll win. Yeah, sure. he sure made enough. a hell of a putt to do so. I mean, I give him that. I mean, he he did win it. Um, that was an incredible putt that he made in the playoff. And uh, that was about all I saw of it. So I'll, I'll leave it there. Didn't um, I should I meant to look this up. Didn't Ben Griffin kind of gaggle away a win last year? Was that Bermuda? Well, yeah, he he was. I think he was close. He was close. And One struggled. event. It was. Yeah, on Sunday. I mean, I don't think he was. It wasn't like he had a lead, like any any type of lead. But he was close to the lead. Um, but you're right, and he he just kind of you know, faltered on Sunday. Um, but I mean, you know, that's, this, it's a, 
perfect example of like, you know, look at your like local, you know, amateur who's like, say maybe the the top player at your club and he's uh, maybe a scratch or a one or a two. And then they play in a, in a, a bigger amateur event and then they go shoot 80. And they're like, I, I, what happened? I don't, I'm, I feel like I was playing well. I'm swinging well. I didn't change anything. And there's something about like un, playing under pressure, like which we've talked about in the past. Like it's hard to, it's hard to quantify that. Like how do, these guys who can get it done when they're really under pressure, um, it's, it, it's, there's something different about being able to perform. And that's what makes you look at the, the greats in any sport. You look at Tiger and you look at, Michael Jordan, you look at Tom Brady and these guys just like excel when the pressure is on. Like that's what people, that's what people pay to see. Like I want to see, you know, I want to see this guy like do the stuff that you thought, you know, was, you know, incomprehensible at the end of the game, like, or the, when the pressure was packed on, like, and it's not easy. I mean, I, I, and I don't know how else to explain it. Like it's hard, it's, it's hard, you know? Yeah, so I pulled up Ben's scorecard from the Bermuda. So he came in, tied third, finished two back of Shameless Power. And I remember watching this train wreck. So he was five under on the day. Goes birdie, birdie on 10, 11, go five under on the day. And then it goes bogey, 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 double. <clears throat> on 12 through 16 and loses by two. So he had to have been either type of the leader leading when all that went down. So you feel bad for the guy to see it kind of happen again. I mean, he played, I shouldn't say I watched zero golf. I did watch a little bit of the early, um, early rounds uh, of the event. Didn't, didn't really catch Sunday cause uh, I was playing golf. So along with you, Jay, we were, we were playing yeah. golf. Um, nowhere near like these guys, but it, no. you know, he did seem just kind of in control of his game. He shoots what? 63 day two. Uh, and then, yeah, to go 67, 63, 66, and then 74. Now, it did play a lot harder. I saw, I did see a stat the scoring average on Sunday was way up. And um, so I think the, the weather got to a few of the guys a little bit there. Yeah. But I mean, based on how he was playing the, the, the three days prior, it was on you, know, you would, yeah, you would think that, you know, the scoring average was whatever it was. Uh, if you're playing that well, you would think that you would be, be a little bit lower than the stroke average, which all you needed was one, one, one shot lower. Um, but at the, you know, the guys, the guys playing good golf. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he does, you know, pull one out and gets, get, get a win, um, at and, some point. And the big thing is too, is he is now, um, in this new FedEx Cup fall, as they've coined it, he is now leading, essentially. So, like we said a couple of weeks ago, in this FedEx Cup fall, the top 50 guys, the players who made it to the BMW, are locked in to all the designated signature, whatever you want to call them, events for next year. So, they have this fall. So, okay. Fill me in again, because so, I yeah, so the, the, a lot. So they have a fall series of these. This the new fall the series is really to do establish everyone's priority ranking, you know, um, to get into all these events. So the top fifty are guaranteed in to all those signature events next year. Some of them, which are limited field, no cut events, 
some of them will have cuts. Tiger's event, Arnie's event, Jack's event. So how does that coincide with the guys who are already maybe that already finished in the top one? Well, no, I guess it would be the top 70. So the, like the, the top prior, 70 is that, is, are guaranteed um, full cards can get in any event. Except so it's 71 to 150 or like what is uh, 71 to 125 are playing one, for okay. their priority ranking. And then, you know, 125 to 150 gets conditional status. Gotcha. Um, but the top 50, the only ones guaranteed into those, those designated events. So, but this fall, if you finish between 51st and 60, they're calling it the next 10. You're getting into the first two full field designated events so not kapalua not the tournament of champions but they'll get into uh Pebble beach and riviera oh so those are the, the design- those are designated oh, the de- events. oh i got you sony's not a designated event no the, the, the big 20 million dollar gotcha. designated events which neither That's huge either, which is huge so they got a lot to play for obviously they've already got their card locked up for next year most of these guys but they're trying to get up into this top 10 this fall or the the next ten, as they're they're phrasing it, um, yeah. So it's AT and T and the Genesis. They'll get in. So and he's number one right now. So he did move all the way up from sixty six to fifty first. Hmm. So that could mean, you know, big money. Obviously, if you get into these small limited field no cut events, it's going to be a, a damn good paycheck just to show up for four rounds. Yeah, hell yeah. Not to mention you're guaranteed to make points because there's no cut either, which I'm not crazy about. But well, let's just shorten it to 48, you know, 48 guys and do three rounds. We'll get there. <laughs> well, we'll get there. <laughs> um, so yeah, so again, I feel bad for the guy for you know blowing another lead and, and choking, but he did make a a bunch of points, a nice paycheck for coming in T2 and is now in the driver's seat uh, with, you know, four or five events left on the fall schedule. So um, right now, the, the top 10 in there are Ben Griffin, Alex Smalley, Nick Hardy, Mackenzie Hughes, Stephen Yeager, Taylor Montgomery, Bo Hostler, Thomas Dietrich, Mark Hubbard, and S.H. Kim. Luke List is in 61st spot. He moved up from 119th, so a bubble boy to not get his full card to now close, knocking on the door to get into the designated events. Designated events, that's huge. Or at least the first couple. So, so that's that. You know, if if you're, and we're going to rail on all these fall series events because some of the fields are just not great. You and I were talking Jay this week about some of the, the just Jason Duffner is playing like who like who are these guys in this field and and you know, filling out the bottom of these fields. But if you're a viewer that wants to take in some golf, it's high stakes golf for these guys. It might not be, you know, the cream of the crop that we all prefer to watch, but there is some important golf being played in putts and holes and birdies and bogeys down the stretch can mean a lot for these guys careers and futures. So, um, yeah, and you've got some past. I mean, obviously that that's kind of what I was referring to. You've got some past champions that are, you know, filling filling the bottom half there. Like you know, got Tommy Ganey, Duffner. You know, you got some of these guys that haven't really been relevant in the last you know five to six years. But 
you know, they have past champion status and people know who they are. I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm like, I kind of want to see what Doppler, what he looks like these days. Yeah. Like I haven't, I haven't seen him play in three years. So because like, he still hit his irons as good as he, as he once did, you know, I'm uh, and Tommy, Tommy, two gloves. Are you still using two gloves? <laughs> you know, it's, I know it sounds silly, but like, I don't know. I kind of want to see. Yeah, but we're the rare breed. You know, we like seeing that. We like seeing some of those guys that are, you know, a little bit out of the current game, but we've got some nostalgia knowing mm-hmm. their history, especially a guy like Gloves. Um, you know, I, I've I've spent some time with him out at Hartsville Country Club, uh, where Paul Brown, a good buddy of Jay and I. Did you just shorten it to Gloves? That's what he goes by, is Gloves. <laughs> Mike, you're not in the circle. It's okay. Sorry, I, I guess not. Yeah, I it's okay. You don't get it. Um, but no, yeah. <laughs> I love seeing. I mean, look, I played one day out at Hartsville Country Club. He comes down the 15th hole and says, Hey, I want to get into the skins game for the day. Because I got four holes left. He he birdied two of them and won two skins. <laughs> <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> um but, he's a hell of an iron player. I mean, a hell of an iron player. Like he flushes it. Every time. More than that, though, he's just a good dude. Like, he is. More than that, he's just a good dude. He's a little bit quiet. Um, just kind of goes about his his way and does his own thing. I mean, I enjoy seeing him play a little bit of golf. I enjoy seeing him out in the field. And the guy played pretty good for the amount of tournament golf that he's been playing. So at the end of the day. As the dust settles, when the sun sets, as, as the cookie, cookie crumbles, as the cookie crumbles, you know it's good to see guys like that get out there. I mean, I, I yeah. gotta be honest with you. So, you know, I like watching that, but we're also you know the few and far in between. That's why we host a podcast that no one listens yeah. to, um, and ultimately, you know, get into the nth degree of the golf game. That's because we're we're junkies. Um, and the other junkies that listen to us, I think they enjoy this too. You know, they don't have that personal um, experience with guys like that. But on the backside of that, I hope this leads them into feeling like, hey, you know, it is cool seeing him do some stuff. And when they see him out at the, you know, next event, they call him gloves. They don't call him two gloves. It's gloves. That's, That's the guy. Right. That's the guy. Hopefully That's he was, never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Um, so hopefully he was using a glove when he got tied up in that stuff in Florida. I'll just say that, you know, Look. how about the, uh, Mikey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about the, uh, 30 guys who earned their, uh, their cards? Did you, uh, did you have a chance to look at those names? That, I did. That yeah. Do you want to, you want to get to that? You want to get to, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, one of the cool things I think this weekend, more so than the Sanderson was the corn Ferry tour finals. So. 30 guys have graduated from the Corn Ferry Tour are making their way to the PJ Tour with their cards from this past week. And so um, I'll kind of go through some of the... I'm not going to go through every name here, but some that are, stand out to me for various reasons. There's some um, guys that are relevant. But like, so this is going... How, how is this going to move? go... Uh, how is this going to go or unfold moving forward? Like with the, the with the change? Like, is are they still going to... They're just going to cut off the tour championship. There's no more Corn Ferry tour finals. You know, it's going to be like 
you have your core championship and then that's it. Kind of like it was in the olden days. Um, right. I, no, I think it's going to stay like this. So, but, but yeah, I mean, these guys won, they, they qualified via the end of the year, the tour championship. There's no, like, there's no merger between like the, like, uh, the top or the bottom half of the PGA tour guys play the top. Oh, half. I got you. Yeah. I don't yeah think so they there's they no more. That, no, they don't have that. Um, what they call it? They had like a playoff event, essentially. They, they called it like the Series. the Corn Ferry, you know, web.com or the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. So now it's just like you have your, the Corn Ferry has their playoff events. And at the end, that's it. Like, just like a, yeah. a, the yeah. end of a, a normal regular season for any tour event. And, and these guys can play. So do they get into these, these fall events in the PGA Tour? Doesn't seem like that because it's just this that's a good question. I don't think they do. I think they have to wait until January because essentially is. this is a continuation. The this FedEx Cup fall and the PGA Tour is a continuation of the current 2022-2023 season. So they these guys on the Corn Ferry Tour have just gotten their 2024 cards. Gotcha. So the so they're they're not in on, on these events. They they no, can so they're not gonna have the and okay. I, I think that's probably that fair. Yeah. Because it I, gives I, these know, other guys a chance to keep their card. Yeah. You, you, the guys that have been grinding on the PJ Tour all year, you want to give them the chance to to earn those points to get into those signature events versus a guy gets onto the Corn Ferry and then gets into two events and happens to get hot and win two or four events. And all of a sudden he's now in designated events. I'm like, I, I don't know. You, you didn't bide your time that much. Like, yeah. I agree. Prove pr- pr- it for a whole year, kind of thing. Yeah, there um, are some cool stories coming out of the guys that made it, though. I mean, I will say one of the coolest ones happens to be with Pearson and Parker Cootie. Yeah, uh, the fact that you have brothers that finished inside of that top thirty and got their card. I mean, I think that's pretty incredible. Well, um, and Pearson was kind of destined. He had he had already won and, and came out hot out of school. And Parker actually, when they first turned pro together, Parker was not nearly as successful as early. Um, so for him to kind of turn it on here late to get his card was pretty cool. Yep. No, I totally agree. Fun uh, fact, Al- who was the last set of twins to have their tour card at the same time? Curtis and Alan Strange. There you go. Curtis and Alan Strange were the last set of twins on the PGA Tour. 19, 1981 or 82. That's a home game for us. That's going way back. Way back. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of scrolling down this list here, and I'm going to kind of roll through it quickly. But you know, you guys can, you know, chime in. But like Ben Coles, obviously he's a PJ Tour, you know, he's alum. Been yeah, he's, he's been out been there out a lot. Thirty three year old guy. He's you great agree, player. Great yeah. Uh, 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 ben Silverman, Canadian guy, played a bunch of golf with. We've talked about him on the podcast. He'd be a great guy to have on. He's a fun guy to talk to. I could give him shit about playing super slow. I mean, we played so we played a lot of golf together. I mean, we actually sat down together after after playing um, together, and he we we were on the clock like the whole day. And I was like, "Hey, man, let's go have lunch. Let's sit down and talk about this. Like, what what can we do to like let's help you? Like, I want to help you. Like, you're a good player. You're a good guy, but you you taking way too long, you know. And he was he was a I mean, what a good sport, like for somebody to like call another player out on how slow they're playing and him to be open and accepting of having a conversation about it. I thought 
I had a lot of respect for him and I, I really like Ben Silverman. He's a good guy. Just like the typical journeyman, like it doesn't do anything spectacular, just drives it good, pretty good iron player, good putter, like good, good mental game, like nothing spectacular, but he's been on and off the PJ tour before and he's kind of dropped back and then gotten back up. So it's cool to see him get back out there. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll probably reach out to him. So maybe we get him on the podcast and, and we can talk about it. Like, and I, I know he'll, I know he'll have a good chuckle when we talk about like having a conversation of us sitting, we were playing, you know, mini tour golf and like sitting in after, after a round and getting a beer. I'm like, all right, how can we, how can we, how can we play faster? Like, let's talk about this. <laughs> but, um, well, you know, you you guys already talked about, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so more- interest- God. Southerners talk now. Uh, <laughs> one of the more interesting uh, ones, Alejandro Tosti. You know, it's yeah. to see what's going to happen with him on the PGA Tour. You know, he's had um, – he's ran into uh, some issues on the Corn Ferry Tour. It'll be nice to see how that transfers to the PGA Tour. Um, that's definitely this, something I think people are going to want to follow and see. He's what, a hothead. Well, I think – and I think that's something that, you know, we're going to want to follow and 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 kind of keep tabs on a little bit. You know, I want – I think it's I think it's great because we're we're lacking villains, we're lacking douchebags. They all went to live, right? And so I think it's good to have someone like this. And apparently, the guy is just not afraid to speak his mind and runs hot and just will fly off the rails at any instance for any reason. I mean, he they made him withdraw a DQ from a tournament because he was cussing up volunteers and. He yells at guys for playing slow. Like, let's get him and Ben Silverman in the same group. Let's see how that goes. Like, you know, like it's yeah. it's and he's like and he's like five six and he was like the third longest in driving distance on the Corn Ferry Tour. Like, yeah. he's good. It. The guy's good. I mean, he's kind of a he's kind of an enigma. I mean, this little guy who just hammers it and he's got a mouthful of fucking piss and vinegar. I mean, literally. Like that, you, it's you said gonna, the it's going to be interesting. Here we go, here we go, McLean. We're going to go with our southern southern cliches here. Let's go. It's got Let's a mouthful of piss and vinegar. But I, I mean, can I get subtitles? I, I, I want to watch. It's not the first time I've heard that, Mike. <laughs> um, I do. I mean, I want to watch the guy play. I'm like, I'm interested. Like, in when when the first event that he's playing, and I, I kind of want to watch. I'm going to see if the guy blows up a little bit. Like, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a it's kind of a marketing ploy for this guy. Like people, are like oh, you're the hothead. Let me see what you do next. I mean, speaking of, you scroll down to see another guy who Grayson who Murray, Grayson Murray, who's also a guy who's who's known to be kind of a hothead, super talented yeah. guy. Um, and he carried this card again. Grayson was a junior at a club I used to be the assistant professional at, and I. I, I say I know Grayson. I used to know him pretty well when he was a junior. I was assistant pro at a club in Raleigh um, that he was his parents were members at, and that's where he played out of. Guy was stupid talented when I played with him. He was probably 14, 15 at that time. Um, it's cool to see his his story's pretty unique. You know, he's recently gotten sober over the past uh year and he's focused back on what he's done. I mean, Look, I'll I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, the guy won a golf tournament, spent a bunch of money on a house at Wakefield, um, was partying. I mean, I follow his Instagram stuff. The guy was partying, having a good time, which I, I can't tell you that I'd have done it different because I promise you I probably would have done exactly what he did, knowing me 
I'd have probably done exactly what he did. And I don't blame him for that. Quite frankly, I got to be honest with you. It had been very hard for me not to have done that in his situation. I'd have gone all out balls to the wall too. Uh, I won my first mini tour event and spent the majority of that check in New Orleans at a bachelor party. I get it, bro. I get it. Like on a much smaller scale, I get it. Um, on the backside of that, though, it's so cool to watch him go through the steps that he's gone through. And now he seems like he's got a much, a much better head on his shoulders. And the guy is making moves. I, I honestly expect Grayson to if he stays the course that he currently has i expect him to do some really big things on the pga tour the guy he, hits he, the ball a mile he could, he's a he could win a he can win a pga tour event like he's the, the he could win a more talent than just one he could win yeah. more than just one he could win a couple um the guy i think is gonna have a long tenured career on the pga tour now now that he has you know his head screwed on a little bit different which is something i never found i wish my head was screwed on a little bit different today but on the back side of that, I think he's someone that could go out there and and really do something with his his newfound uh, you know purpose in life, and he seems to be moving the right direction. Well, it wasn't. It was he was a party animal before he had money. The money just made it worse, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I know. I've told this story on the podcast before. He caddied for me at Old Chatham in 2013. Yeah. Um, when he got kicked, after he got kicked off of uh, two golf teams. So he, he played at three. Did he play at three or four played different at, universities? Played at three universities. So he was caddying for us. It was, this was in October of 2013. Me and a buddy, Matt Taschenberg, who's a, a, a club pro down in Texas now, who was, used to be here with, with me in Richmond. And he was caddying for us. It was like a Tuesday at Old Chatham. Great place. John Marino is a great head professional down there. And he, he started talking like he had a big game. And we're like, who the hell is this kid? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, I was playing a golf at Wake and, you know, I got partying a little bit too much and didn't see I died with the coach. And then I, I transferred to East Carolina and we're like, well, what are, you, what are you doing now? It's October. Like you should be in school, <laughs> school. Right. And he's like, oh, well, I'm getting ready. To, um, I'm going to end up transferring in January to uh, Arizona. Arizona State. Arizona. I'm like thinking to myself, if you're a party animal, I'm not sure you want to go to Arizona State. I'm not sure that's the best for your career. And then he mentioned something about the open. And I think Matt was like, oh, like the Carolinas Open? He goes, no, the U.S. Open. He had qualified earlier that year as an AM to play in the U.S. Open. And so like, we're like, fuck, this guy doesn't. He's fucking lying to us. This is full of shit. So he asked the, the guys when we got in, we're like, is this guy serious? They're like, oh, no, he's just legit, man. He's like, was the best kid in the growing up in the Carolinas. Like, he's a stud. I'm yeah, like, no, oh, uh, okay. And growing up in the Carolinas, I can tell you straight up, Grayson is a stud. Um, when his head screwed on right, he's hard to beat. The guy absolutely wants to win. He's competitive as it gets. Um, a good, a good dude. At the end of the day, just a, a good dude. An- another guy I'm interested in seeing off this list, who has kind of had a, a Ludwig Aberg emergence here, is Adrian Dumont de Chassart. He uh, is a Belgian who played golf at Illinois. So Ludwig won the PJ Tour U rankings to get a, a PJ Tour card. ADC, as he's called, came in third, which gave him a Corn Ferry Tour membership. So he turned pro in June. Already got his card. Turned pro in June. Earned enough points to get his PJ Tour card. 
he won his first professional in Corn Ferry Tour event. First pro, he wins, and then he lost in a playoff the next week. So he goes 1-2 in his first two events as a pro on the Corn Ferry Tour. So look out look out for him. I think he's I'm not going to say he's as good as as Ludwig, but he's going to make noise. I would say he's will be the best one out of this class next year. Really? Cool. Um, well, then you move down down the list of David Skins. Good buddy, yeah, good buddy of mine. 41-year-old with, with Skinsy, Skinsy got he's back. I mean, I'm really like, you know, I, I've talked about him on on this pod before, but um, one of the most talented guys that I've ever seen, one of the most talented players that I've ever played with. Um, and I, I know at 41 years old, uh, he's probably a, not the, the player that he was, you know, 15 years ago, but obviously still an incredible player. Um, but it's cool to see him get another shot. And and I, he's very humble uh, given the circumstances and, I think, I think he. It's. It seems like this happens a lot for these the guys that earn their PGA Tour card late in their career. They they get out on tour for one year and they just they can't seem to get comfortable and they can't seem to you know, you know, ground themselves to play the way that they're capable of playing. Um, so him getting back in his second second round here, I feel like he's gonna. I think he's going to have a really solid, solid couple of years. And it wouldn't surprise me if he stays out there for four or five years and kind of rides off into the sunset, earns his, uh, earns his pension and, 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 you know, takes care of his family. And, you know, if he, if, you know, I wouldn't put it past him to win an event at some, at some point, but he's a very talented player. And obviously at 41 years old, you know, you're obviously a, a good player and you, you're, you're very disciplined and you work hard to be able to stick with it for that long. So I don't know. I mean, of, of the guys there's another guy that a little bit further down the list that I'll talk about, um, but super pumped for, for Skinzy uh, to get back out there. And uh, I'm excited to see him, you know, play some good golf and, and keep his card this year and make some money for his family. Well, I know where you're going next and it's either Teeter or Gooch. Josh Teeter is one of my all time favorites. Like, this guy's uh, he's he's great. I mean, Teeter's forty five. I think forty four, forty five. Um, played a lot of golf. I mean, I I mean, f- from the time that I started playing in two thousand four, one of my first events I played with Teeter, and we hit it off. Great guy, just super down to earth, Kentucky boy, and um, he's as good as it gets. I mean, this is the most laid back guy on the planet, um, but super funny, like. Super sarcastic, but um, a great, great guy, great ball striker, great butter. I mean, all around, he really is just really good all around. So he's been up and down, up and down quite a bit on the PJ Tour, and you know he's back. Um, I'd love to see, I'd love to see him finish out these next four or five years and make a make a shit ton of money for his family too. You know, again, and I, you know, Teeter's one of those guys that you know I, is he going to go out and win? F- three or four events in the PJ tour, probably not, but he's a good enough player that you'll probably won't hear, won't hear his name a whole lot throughout the year. But if he's playing his best golf, he's going to be like a Kevin Kisner. He's going to get out there and finish top 25. If he, if he plays good, he's going to have like five or six top 25s. He's going to make a million, million and a half, keep his card and say, Hey, 
no problem, guys. I got no problem. I don't need to win five events. I'll take my 1.5 and just keep going every year and just keep That's playing right. golf. Well, um, how about how about Gooch? Yeah, talk about I mean, journeyman of journeymen. This guy yeah. has lived between the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour. He is the fourth oldest Corn Ferry Tour graduate in history at 47 years, seven days of age. 47 yeah. years, seven days of age. Uh, tell, the, tell the listeners who you're talking about. Scott yes. Scott, Scott. Kuchewski. Yeah. Uh, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty Nebraska cool story. Native. So the funny part is I used to be on a van, uh, the fitting van with Cleveland Tricks on back. My first, my first job on the manufacturer side of things, this would have been 13 years ago. And the guy that I was on the van was from Nebraska. And I had to hear about Scott Gachetti every single week. He's like, what's Gooch doing? What's Gooch doing? What's Gooch doing? Um, but it's a pretty cool story. I mean, when we talk about journeyman, this guy is the flagship journeyman player. Uh, he has graduated the PGA Tour in 2004, 2008, 2010, and 2023. Uh, yeah. He's probably, he's got to be up there in the number of starts on the Corn Ferry Tour the career number of starts in the corn fairy tour. It wouldn't surprise me if he's not one, two or three, um, but which is not, which is not the stat that you really want, but in the, the stat in the, that you want, in, but, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it, you, it's something you should be proud of because I think for, for people who maybe just are casual, yeah, better than mine or your stat. Exactly. That's my you point. Like, I mean? for, like for, a, for a casual deal. golfer that just watches golf on the PGA tour, I'm like, Oh, you got the most, you know, starts on the corn Ferry tour. You don't know how, how hard that is and how impressive that is for a guy to, that, that can play at that level for that long. Like this guy's, he's a, he's, he's 47. An I mean, he's 47. He better, the, the champions tour better watch out for him. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, Champions Tour better watch out for him because he's right around the corner. He's he's going to post some good numbers this year, especially at a place like Harbor Town. Um, you know, wa watch out for him. Harbor Town, John Deere, yeah. he's going to have some good finishes. Um, it's a it's a big course for him these days, but the fact that he's made it again is incredible, and uh, it, it pays homage to the the journeyman out there. I mean, he is the journeyman of journeymen. Yeah. Um, uh, there's actually a lot. Of, I was trying to go find ahead the, the, the most the most starts in Corn Ferry Tour history. Um, this was this is an old stat, but it was Paul Claxton at 429. This was a four. Really? Yeah, I know this, Paul. Paul Claxton had the most starts in. Yeah, this Corn was like this was a, a stat that's five five years old. So I don't know if anyone's broken it since. But wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, that 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 makes sense though. He was he was out there for a long time. Um, I'm I'm, I'm rolling down this list here. I see a name Jake Knapp. Uh, when I played the Canadian Tour, he was a young. I mean, he was like a 23 year old young guy. And I remember watching Jake Knapp uh, do long drive contests with um, Jamie's Sadlowski, and it was like a it was like a show. It was Taylor Pendrith. Jake Knapp and um, Sedlowski, and they would do these long drive things on Wednesday. And I remember watching these guys. I'm like, holy cow. Jake Knapp absolutely smashed it 
You know, he was keeping up with with Sadlowski. Like it was pretty close. Um, and th- th- he's a that guy's a good. He's a damn good player. And I, again, I haven't seen his name in a while, but I ne- I mean, obviously watched him play. Uh, real good, real good golf swing, and obviously hit it a ton. Um, so he's kind of an unknown guy, UCLA alum, but you know, played a big school like that. You, you obviously know what you're doing. So um, there's, a, there's a there's a good handful of, of young guys yeah, that were studs really. in college. You look at a guy like, uh, and you're gonna laugh, uh, Jacob Bridgman, Clemson mm-hmm. guy, won a bunch. <laughs> he was second on the PJ Tour U rankings. He just like Ludwig and uh, ADC came out fast, earned his card. Uh, you got Norman Zhang, who he was a Fred Haskins and Jack Nicholas Award winner in college. Same with Chris Goderup, won the Haskins Award and the Jack Nicholas Award at Oklahoma. So you got a few young guys. I caught, we talked about the cooties um, that were studs in college that are now like, okay, they got their taste of professional golf. They succeeded, and, and now can they be part of this new young crop on, on the PJ tour. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. I'm, I'm going down this list and I see like, it's, it, there's a bunch of 22, 23, 24, 25 year olds. And there's a ton of like 35 to 45, I guess, if you throw, um, if you throw Gooch in there, hit 47, but like Nicholas Lindheim, 38 year old, getting, you know, earning his PJ tour card, Roger Sloan, 36. yeah, three and Roger Sloan, seen him a bunch. I mean, he had uh we've had some mutual caddies in the past. And Roger's kind of a really quiet guy, doesn't really talk a whole lot, but real solid player. I mean, he's been on tour. I think this is maybe his third, third bout. Um, I'd say third bout, I mean third time like going up and down. Just solid player. Again, like see, these are the guys that you yeah, they're they're the epitome of a journeyman. Like they just they're like, hey, I I'm good enough to kind of come. To, to play and compete every week and I can finish, you know, in the top 25, I can finish in the top 10. Am I going to win four events throughout the year? Maybe not, but. Um, yeah. I mean, Sloan Sloan's played on the PJ tour five of the last seven years and yeah. made the FedEx cup playoffs twice. Yeah. I mean, he's a good, he's a great player. Um, How about if you want to want to see the, the emotion that these guys play with and what this means, there's a video going around an interview with uh, Rafa Campos. So he was number 30, the last man to get his card, 35 years old, played golf here at VCU, here in Richmond. And Wait, didn't he he thought he missed a putt on the last hole? He and made then, a par that he should have made birdie. And he was when he finished the round, he was number 31. And then uh, the way the movement happened on the leaderboard, he flipped it and he was the last man in. Do we know who the who the the guy who finished 31st was? Um, I can find it, I would assume. Um, while you're looking that up, another guy, Tom Whitney, um, uh, played, played a little bit with him on, um, uh, the South American, uh, PJ, PJ tour, uh, cool guy, cool story, uh, U S air force veteran. Um, and he was in charge of the nuclear codes for the U S air force. Uh, super cool story. I you know I don't want to botch this, but I, I played with him three or four times, and he's in you know obviously lives in Colorado or did in the past, but it was kind of cool. Who are we talking cool about? Cool conversation, Tom Whitney. So a thirty four year old, kind of up and down, you know, the Corn Ferry for a while, and and Latin American PGA, and um, but you know he was again kind of in I, I should say in charge, but it, I shouldn't say in charge. That's maybe not the right word, but 
He, had he was responsible. He was responsible for sitting in front of the basically the nuclear nuclear code like button. Like they waited by a phone, like just they sat there, they had their clock and like they just had to be ready if someone called and said, Hep, ignite it. He was there ready to go. Like it was him and another guy, and they'd go on shifts and they would just sit there and be ready to to punch in the number, like, let's go, drop them. Like that's that's a crazy. I mean, a granted, not a lot of action, but like a crazy amount of responsibility. Um, but I remember having a conversation with him. He was a pretty cool guy, a uh, big guy. He's like six six five, six six, or something like that. But kind of a unique golf swing, but really cool story. Um, so it's kind of cool, especially to see a you know a, a veteran you know earn his PGA Tour card. We don't get that many guys like that, so pretty cool to see see him earn his card. So number 31, Jay, was Jorge Fernandez Valdez. I don't know where he was going into the week, but he finished T61 in the tournament. So obviously it sounded like he was in the number and did not play well. The tough tough story was who finished 32nd. Shad Tootin. Don't know him. So he's the guy that got a two-stroke penalty on Sunday that bumped him. Let's see. He finished. Where was it? He finished T28th. He was T19th and projected to be 30th. And after the round, they gave him a two-stroke penalty that bumped him down to T28, and he went down to 32nd on the point list. What what happened? I I I heard the story. So but I've seen the video. I don't see what the officials quite were talking about. I understand. So what happened was, and I, I guess he did. Even if I didn't see what they said, he he did break a rule. So they're playing lift clean in place. He places his ball down, and the ball replaced it. The ball rolled forward a little bit. Right after he and so he went to replace it, but he put it in a different spot. He put it like two or three inches over from where he originally placed it. And so by the rules of golf, when you're playing lift clean in place, it's like a chess match. Once your fingers come off the golf ball, that's that's your spot. That's where it is. So when he replaced it a couple inches because the ball moved a little bit and he moved it a couple inches over, that is technically playing from a wrong spot. And I mean, I think that's stupid. I'm sorry. I, I, I think do it's too. Dumb. I think it's dumb. Like, like what? Where was the advantage here? The guy was just like, okay, I put it on that spot, and the ball wouldn't stop. I'm going to move it to a different spot. I just I, like there's sometimes where these rules are so stupid. Like they, they like think there's no there's no advantage gained by the player. There's no intent to cheat there. There's no, there's no intent to cheat. And it's, it obviously, like, there's got to be some type of judgment call. Like, okay, I get it. Like, ideally, you need to put it back on the same spot, but the ball was moving. So you moved to the nearest point to where the ball wouldn't move and you play like that. that and especially for, for it to, to ruin this guy's next year. Like, it's just so dumb. I hate, that's, I love golf. I love it. That's the one thing that just drives me absolutely bonkers. Or some of these rules that are so stupid. Yeah, that's tough, so man. stupid, so stupid. I hate that, and it, it does give golf a, a bad name. I mean, you hear people talk about it all the time, like, "Oh, you guys got all these dumb rules that don't make any sense," 
And and they're right. A lot yeah. of times, yeah. a lot of times that they're, they, you know, they're right. That they, we have rules that are dumb. They don't make any sense. And like, why did you do that? Like, I, I have no idea. Shouldn't have done that. But yeah, it's, here we it's are. tough, tough, tough. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel bad for him. So mm. that's a tough way to go. That's up there with one of the worst stories. You know, guy losing. You know, you've heard there's some cute school stories over the years and. Yeah, uh, that was ouch. And especially like after the round, it wasn't like they caught it in live and they were like, at least you, you kind of, he knows where we, he stands at that point and can try to make it up and go flag hunting and make some birdies. But yeah. like he it's walked up the golf course basically thinking, all right, I did what I need to. I got my tour card. Yeah. And nope, an official pulls you aside say, hey, we need to look at something here. And you're like, fuck. So that's what that's what opened it up for compost to get his, yeah. to get his. Oh, God. and compost. I will say, people go go check it out. He was just Definitely. distraught. You know, compost was distraught on like just making it in the like. Man, he's like, I, I've put in so much freaking work. Like I've worked my ass off to this and to get back. And, and compost has been on the PGA Tour a couple times. So you know, for someone to have that taste and then lose it and then get it back and. It was it was cool, but yeah, the only reason he was in tears, happy, excited that he made it, is pretty much because of tooting getting penalized. So, all right, before we get to our picks, one more big piece of news came down today. Live Golf not getting OWGR points. Uh, Peter Dawson came out with the. Um, decision today that the OWGR committee has decided that they will not get world ranking points. Basically, it sounds like it stems from them not having a qualification process to get on the tour and no way you know, for a lot of the guys to not fall off the tour is really the big sticking point. There was a quote, um, Peter Dawson said, even he goes, we could go basically we could have gotten around the 54 holes and 48 players. He's like, you know, the algorithms, the mathematics can be worked out to factor that in. Because, because that's that the similar setup on the PJ tour. When you have the 70 man field, no cut. Yeah. It's close. It's very close. He was like, the mathematics but, would take care of that. And basically the biggest sticking point was that so many of the guys are contractually obligated to be on tour for certain amount and they can't lose their spot. And it's, there's not enough turnover. Only four guys can make it off the Asian tour into the tour. And they're like, it's a closed shop. It's not, it's not. um, And that's what has kept them. I mean, and I, I, you know, I, I I agree with them. I mean, yeah, you, you can't just, you can't just give spots away. I mean, and that, that's one thing I think all of us have agreed. Like that's, that's the one part of the, the live, the live tour that does, doesn't make any sense. Like they haven't given us any indication on how do you, how do you qualify for this tour? And if you're not playing well, how do you get kicked off? Like, and there's no one's given us any indication on either of those. So it's like, okay, you're fighting for world ranking points, but like, there's no way to really earn it. It's just, it, it's just a matter of uh, you know, hey, did you talk to the right person and sign the right contract? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it sucks. I mean, I I, I think 
I do. Do I think that the the, the players that are there, uh, the quality of players, do they deserve world ranking points? Because you've got, you know, probably twenty top tier players playing against each other. Yes, I do think they deserve world world ranking points. But uh, obviously, if you don't set up any type of standard in terms of qualifying and being pulled off of the tour, it's hard to it's hard to validate it. So it, it sucks. And even ways. and even Peter and so essentially, it came down to this decision was made basically by the four majors because yeah. the other people on the committee all recused themselves. So um, obviously, Monahan being on the PJ mm-hmm. tour recused himself. Keith Pelly from the European tour recused himself. And then the other guy that represents like the international federation of tours recused himself because it has to do with a competing tour. Who is that? What's his, who is uh, that? I, f- I forget his name. Um, so that basically just left Who's that the f- guy, the four basically just left the four majors to make this decision. Yeah. And so this is what they came up with. And and I, I, I agree with it because there's no reason Chase Kepka should be getting world ranking points. He, he, he is not as good as, as Shad Tootin, who just did not get his PJ tour card for yeah. busting his ass for a whole season. Like I, I, you know, there's an actual process to get your card and actually put in some effort, not because you were negotiating chip to get Brooks Kepka on the tour. Like, yeah, and, I think that's their, their their one flaw at this point is like they have not they have not been organized in terms of uh, determining or uh, you know solidifying a qualification process for the tour. Like, tell me how to get on the tour. Tell me how I can lose my card. Like, if you lay out those standards and everyone's like, okay, great, I get it. I, this is what I have to do to make make it on that tour. And if you give, if you have five exemptions or whatever it is, that's fine. But at least have some type of qualification for, to to gain access or our membership to the tour. And then if you don't play well, like okay, this is how you lose your card, just like it is for every other tour, um, in the world. You know, I, I you know, so I think that that's that's a that's a fundamental flaw for the the live tour and and i think they they shouldn't have an excuse in terms of not getting world ranking points which is you know the people who the the people who lose out are like a dustin johnson or brooks kepka the guys who are quality players that deserve world ranking points because they are the best players in the world i mean dustin johnson brooks kepka and we'll throw bryson in there um we'll throw patrick reed in there i mean love them or hate them the villain tour or not, the the guy, yeah. the, obviously the guys have proven themselves as being, you know, top 25, top 30 players in the world um, up until this point. And now they don't get those, they don't get those world ranking points because they decided to play for a tour that is not organized. And so, uh, you know, even Peter Dawson says like, so everyone out there that's, that's like against this decision is like, oh, well now the world rankings are obsolete and they don't matter and they're irrelevant. Da, da, da. I don't agree with that, right? We have to have a system. And everyone knew the system before Liv started. Like, just because a, a group of good players goes and does their own thing doesn't mean they have to get... If if 20 guys leave the PGA Tour right now and go start their own 20-man tour, just because they're 20 top guys now doesn't mean they have to have to get world ranking points for doing their own thing. And, and leaving an ecosystem that has been created decades ago and you know and and peter dawson even says he goes yeah this this diminishes the rankings not having 
DJ and Kepka or uh, DJ and DeChambeau were just the two he used by name, but not having yeah. these guys getting points, it diminishes. He goes, but it also would have been diminished if we allowed all these guys to get world ranking points because there's no qualification for the tour. So it would diminish sure. it either way. It, yeah. If it, if, you know, based on the based on the current circumstances, with the way that the live live tour has set up their tour, like had they, it all they have to do is just say, hey, this is the qualification to get on the tour, which we obviously have looked at. I mean, I mean, shit, we've we've been like, how do I get out there? Like, are there qualifiers? You know, can I go yeah. play? And we can't find any information. So it's like, if, if they would so- have just given some some type of you know, standard or some type of criteria to to earn status or, or to lose status, I think that would certainly have helped their cause. And it's a I, again, I, I I think it's a bummer that Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed. I mean, I, again, like I said, these some of these guys are not everyone's favorites, but they're good at golf. They're sure. great at golf. They're one of the top players in the world, and everyone knows that they are. I mean, Brooks Kepka obviously is a top player in the world, and he just played great in the in the correct events to earn himself, you know, uh, a spot on the on the Ryder Cup. But had he not, had he finished tenth and tenth, and 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 a couple of those uh, majors, he would not have maybe would not have qualified. He would have he would have finished maybe ninth. And would Zach Johnson have picked him? Who knows? Probably not, because yeah. he he's good at picking the wrong people. You know, and I guess the, the they the OWGR board like went back to them and said, "Hey, like this is our issues with your tour. Like, if you want to fix them, great. This is what we need to see from you." And they didn't fix them. They yeah. didn't. They didn't change them. And then well, I guess there has they, to be a response from Liv to this. They need to. It, it's obvious at this point they need to make a change. They need to if if they want OWGR points, they need to make a change. I mean that that it is where or, it sits. Yeah, or there's one other option. Board. There's one other option, I think. And so the biggest reason they want OWGR points is to get into the majors, right? <laughs> and I saw a quote uh, right before we signed on tonight. I had Golf Central on, and uh, Todd Lewis had spoke to uh, DJ's agent. I don't remember the guy's name, but DJ's agent. There was a quote on the screen. He made a good point. He was like, "If these the OWGR is for majors only." So it's now up to Liv to go out and negotiate with each major to try to get some sort of exemption. You know, they have all these long lists of exemptions to get in their events. He's like, what if we talk the U.S. Open into giving Liv the, you know, the top five from the end of the season points? Yeah, of 2023 gets into the 2024 U.S. Open. So I think that might be an avenue for those guys. Um, and, and we're going to see a lot of these guys because of the past wins in, in recent years. They're going to be exempt for a while. Um, but that could be another avenue. They, If they don't want to change their tour, McLean, if they don't want to make a change, then maybe they just outright negotiate with the PGA of America or the U.S. Open or you know the R&A and say, hey, will you, give point, us, only- will you give us a couple spots for the top five in our season-long point race? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that's it. That's their only shot at this point. It seems like. It seems like it. Yeah. Unless unless they unless want to change. change. The, yeah. Unless they change the criteria to, to earn status on the tour. For sure. And and you know Dawson said he goes if they change their criteria and change how they do this we'll be happy to look at it again and and change our decision. But right now, sorry. 
Well, what what's the status between the PJ Tour and the Live Tour? Like, uh, it's been really quiet on that front. No one's heard any details. Like, is is this gonna is this thing gonna merge? Like, what what I mean, what's I'm going gonna, on? Like, I'm gonna place a bet right now that it does not happen. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're making any headway on making it happen. I haven't heard any details. No, I mean, it's been kind of eerily quiet, kind of surprisingly yeah. quiet. How little information has come out about. Our, our negotiations are going good or bad or, you know, like nothing. It's been nothing. Crickets. Yeah. I did hear there was a rumor floating around last week, a couple of weeks ago, that there are some other big money guys, private equity guys approaching the PGA Tour. Like, hey, I'm willing to put up where we're willing to put up some money, too. Like, you don't have to go to the Saudis kind of thing. So. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happens there. I'm going to say it doesn't happen. Just because I'm going to be pessimistic and this is going to turn into even more fucking utter chaos. I just kind of want it to be over and done with so we can stop talking about it. But it would turn into utter chaos if it comes down to December 31st and there's no agreement. And then it all hell breaks loose in the world of professional golf. Yeah. Possible. So. Um, all right. I mean, we've done an hour so far i'm proud of us guys for not it's watching any golf good. this weekend we've done an hour all right let's get to i mean let me just defend my title here and let me get so, to, all right first off before we do our picks for the shriners in vegas this week uh lexi thompson is playing thoughts i heard that like i she can compete like she hits it long enough but i will She's say also had like one of the worst years of her career I was, I was, I was, that was going to be my follow up. Like she hits it long enough to compete, but she hasn't been playing very well, you know, as long as she hits it. It's like, ah, it's like you haven't been playing very well, Tita Green, um, you know, with, uh, on the tour that you're on. And then now you're going to go play with a bunch of people who hit it, you know, 20, 30 yards further. It's like, oh man, you really, she has turned a corner here recently. Um, I don't Since, know. The chip I saw her hit at the Solheim Cup was not good. No, but she so she missed leading into the Solheim Cup. She had missed one or just before. So there was an event before the Solheim Cup. She finished T19. Before that, she had missed one, two, three, four, five cuts in a row. Six of her last seven cuts. Then she finished T19, had a good Solheim Cup, played well, won a bunch of points, especially for a losing team. She she fared fairly well and then finished in the two events since the Solheim Cup and finished T eighth and fifth. So okay. her, she's she's trending. She's it's trending. definitely the best stretch she's had this this year. And uh, probably in the last yeah couple last years. Couple. We really haven't heard her name a whole lot. But I just I just find it odd that now is the time that she does this. Not you know three four years ago when she was gangbusters. Yeah. Um it, it, it's interesting. I, I yeah, do find it. Be. I do find it fascinating when these women do this. Um, I am an advocate of the women's LPGA golf. I think they're really fucking good, and it's kind of curious to see them do this. I just, I just question the timing now for for Lexi. And there's nothing like you know with 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 Michelle Wee. She was it was all the buzz. She was young, and it was like this girl, six foot girl, and it was like people wanted to watch her play. Like you know, this is really cool to watch her. And then obviously Annika. The best, the best, you know, woman golfer that we've ever seen, you know, competing uh, um, with all the men was fun, and she she could hold her own. But 
uh, yeah, you're right. I, I agree a hundred percent. It's like Lexi uh, two or three years ago, she was on top of the world and, and she hasn't been playing great as of late. It's like, why, why now? Yeah. There's no, even, there's no even real buzz for Lexi on the LPGA tour. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Compete on the PGA tour. So yeah. maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that's uh maybe that's the ploy from, from her camp. It's like, okay, let's get this thing going. Let's play in an event, play well. Um, if you don't play yes. well, no one's expecting you to play well. But if you do play well, let's uh, let's create some yeah, create some marketing power here. Um, which I'm normally sure I, normally uh, I would say like, why is she taking a spot out of the field from someone who's trying to get you know their tour card or you know solidify their tour card for next year or get to these? But when you look at some of the bottom, like we were just talking about earlier about the Sanderson, you look at the bottom of this field. It's like, okay, she can have a spot. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they're given, I mean, nothing against the guys that we we saw at the bottom of the list, um, and and we kind of talked about it, but you know, a lot of those guys they they don't they they don't even play like, and that's the part that's 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 troublesome when you look at it. You're like, okay, you don't even you're not even playing any other events, and like you'll play the four or five events that you get into. Um, but you won't even play anywhere else. It's like, okay, like if you really are trying to get your card and and earn your way back, you're going to be playing in, in some of the mini tour events, you know, corn fairy events. Like you're going to be playing a full schedule trying to, you know, be, be primed and, and tuned up and ready to go. But a lot of those guys don't play at all. Um, and they're just kind of waiting. Like, uh, if I get, if I get a past champion spot, then I'll play. If not, I'll just stay at home. And that's, you know, no, that's no good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a career, career money exemption. I'm going to get in. Yeah. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with with it. It'll be interesting to see. You know, I hope she it, plays luckily, well. Luckily, Shriners isn't the longest course. What do you think she shoots? Give me your best. Your best. I hope guess. she makes the cut. I, I'd love to see her make the cut. It's just good for the sport if she does. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome if she makes the cut. I mean, realistically though, what are the what are the odds that you think that she makes the cut? Oh man, we could probably pull it up. Um, I mean, I I think, I think it's probably a pull it up for sure. I'll, I'll give her I'll give her twenty percent chance. Uh, you know? I don't think it's that high. You think it's lower than that? Yeah. Especially because she's not playing that great. I mean, if she was like, if she had won three times this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Which we should. I'm not saying Lexi's not deserving. But let's give this to the number one player. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I you know, there's some, there's some ladies out there that are playing some really good golf that y- it would be cool to see them compete on a bigger a bigger bigger playing field. But there's only a few course. of them that can, there's only there, a few there's, of them that have the length to do it. That's yeah. exactly right. You could you can be number one in the world on the LPGA tour and hit it to forty. I mean, and she obviously is one of the longest. I mean, what is she? T- she's top five in driving distance every year. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling it up. Lexi Thompson is plus 275 to make the cut. Those, those, are, that's, those are better odds than I was thinking. Probably she's the getting only a lot of money. one. She's the only one with plus odds to make the cut. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so she's last in the field. Wow! No, no, that's not that's not correct because it's giving odds on a lot of people. 
but not all of but them. But not a not a full field. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, I got you. So that's not fair to her. What is it her for, to miss the cut? I'm trying to find it. Minus, she's probably minus three fifty, minus four hundred to miss the cut. They don't have odds on her to miss the cut on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so she's twelfth this year in driving distance. It's twelve. Okay, so what? She's two sixty-five, two seventy, two seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, which is again, that's probably what what it was probably twenty yards below the average on the PJ Tour. Was the average like two eighty-five, two ninety? Yeah, it might even be like two ninety five now. Is it? Yeah, because we, we didn't roll back. <laughs> you want to go? I, I switched to beer, but I can get back on bourbon. We can go roll Let's back. get on. Let's go get it. Let's take a break. Let's get some bourbon. Let's talk rollback. Is nope. not nope. a drill. Not a drill. <laughs> main fucking sweatshirt. These hands are hot. <laughs> I knew that would get. McLean, he's been kind of quiet. I know he's tired. He was, you know, he's looking to go to bed. I was like, let me get him tapped up here a little bit. I'm exhausted, man. I got two right. boys that destroy my house on the daily. <laughs> I got a job. I got, you know, look, I work every day, nonstop. When I tell you every day, it's like uh, you club pros, you don't mind texting me on a Sunday. That's because when we're fucking working, dude. That's what I never got. You know, you 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 sales reps. You work Monday through Friday. Like the the no, people you're servicing no, don't no, work don't. weekends. No, I don't. I work. I work basically twenty four seven. I don't mind doing it. I'm I'm a lucky human being to do what I do. Very lucky, and I respond to texts almost every day, emails, everything. And I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I appreciate the opportunity that I have that I'm able to do what I go. do. Amen. Amen. But if I owe you a text message, you know, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Jay Bird. You won for the first time in like six months. So you can go ahead and. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've won more than that. I know. But anyway, you can, you can have the floor. Well, it's all good because we're paying, we're playing for nothing as we did last year. No, this doesn't count. This is the silly season. This is the FedEx fall. Again, again, for nothing. No, we're gonna we're gonna up it up. We're gonna up the up the pay on uh, January. It's all good. No, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Um, Anyway, all right. I'm start. I'm gonna start from the bottom like normal, and work my way up. Sixty three hundred. Andrew Novak. Um, he's a past Canadian tour player, corn Ferry tour works his way up. Um, had a pretty good, uh, second half of the season. Uh, honestly, he kind of fit in the, fit in the budget there. And I I think he's been playing some solid golf, 16 out of 23 cuts last year. Um, for that, for that price point, six, 300 bucks. If he finishes top 40, that's a great, that's a great, uh, payoff for that number. Um, jump up to Ben Griffin played well last week, obviously, uh, 7,500 bucks. Uh, do I think he's going to win? Probably not, but playing good golf at 7,500 bucks. Um, 
So um, then jump up to Adams Vinson. I've picked him a lot uh, lately. The guy's just he he's been playing some really solid golf, you know, for the most part. Um, and I, he's a he's a really good ball striker, not super long, but he just tee to green is really good. Um, so I think he's uh, he's a good guy to make the cut and, and accumulate some points, which is what we. I, I feel like the if we if any one of us have six guys that makes the makes the cut, you're going to be in in a good spot, and um, and, and not just in our little uh, you know competition, but if you were to you know do one of the GPPs or a or a fifty fifty uh, for for golf, like if you if you've got six guys that make the cut, you're going to cash. Um, so that's that's kind of all, always the focus there. It's nice to get the winner, but. It's sometimes it's tough, you know, when when it gets yeah. up to 11, 11, 11 and a half, 12,000. Um, but anyway, um, jumping up to 9,300 bucks. Oh, I'm sorry, 8,700 bucks. Tom Hoagie. Uh, again, same, same kind of guy. I think he was on the power ranking. So I'm sure that McLean's got him on his, on his uh, <laughs> list there. Uh, so count him, but again, another guy, really good uh, tee to green, good ball striker, uh, drives it well. Uh, jump, jump up to again ninety three hundred bucks. Adam Hadwin, I'm pretty sure he's a past champ here, like if he I'm is. not mistaken. Um, so I, obviously, I think he likes likes his setup, likes his golf course. And then last but not least, ninety eight hundred bucks. Eric Cole, uh, my. The boy is playing some good golf in the last year. Um, just solid, super, super solid. So um, no, no big, big time studs, but all guys that uh, hopefully can make make the cut and uh, maybe a bunch of top 25s, top 10s. Accumulate right. some points. I like it. Um, I'll go real fast. So uh, I'm going to start 6,700 at the bottom. Harry Hall. UNLV product and has had um, played this event twice. He's finished 8th and 15th. So hasn't played at all yet this fall. Had a pretty rough end to his season, but I like like Harry Hall kind of at a feel-good course for him. Then I'm going to go up to a past champ, um, 7,100, Martin Laird. Likes this golf course, plays it well. I like him there for that price. Then Jay, just like you, Ben Griffin, I thought it was a great value play for a guy playing well. So $7,500 for him. Then I will go to Vincent Norman, 8800 He won over in Europe at the Irish Open. So uh, feeling confident about his game. Then I go to someone else who has um, been playing pretty steady and has played this golf course fairly well over the years, 8900 JJ Spawn. JJ. And my last is the defending champ, Tom Kim, 10,900. There you go. Well played. All right. I've got straight off the power rankings, Henry Hall, $6,700, which is a value play. Harry Hall. You're out there listening. Next pick, West Texas Slanger. Ryan Palmer. I knew it. I knew it. Squad. You picked that guy. I knew it. 
Can't leave him sitting there. You know, you, you can't leave Ryan Palmer at home. Yeah, I think you can. Just can't. Um, moving up, guy who had a good week last week, faltered in the final round, but a guy who I played some good golf with and big fan of. And and he, what kills me is he he stopped snapping. Aunt Chesson oh, Hadley God. with no snaps. We- no, Mike, Mike and I play with Chess and Hadley's twin, and he's also from yeah. North Carolina. He is 6'3", looks just like Chess and Hadley, and I thought he was going to snap his fingers every time he made a putt. So nobody on the pod knows who the hell we're talking about, but Mike and I play with this guy. looks just like him. He definitely um, does. I won't name any names, but he was a good guy, but he looked just like Justin Hadley, and I thought he was going to – every time he made a putt, I was waiting for the snap. I was waiting oh, for it. That's great. That's great. Y'all are fucking up my picks. Um, <laughs> uh, Tom Hoagie, 8,700. Nikolai Hogard, 9,600. And the guy who's going to win the golf tournament, Ludwig Eber. Oh, you fit him in, Wow. Huh? At 11,000. Got to put him in there because he's going to hoist the trophy. I I wouldn't doubt it. You're right. I think he's the guy's going to win soon. He's too good. It's going to be this week. It's going to be this week. You so I'm too. I'm looking at this field. Can you tell me what a VJ Serena Vonson is? He just got his card from the Corn Ferry. Oh, did he? I missed that name. I'm not sure how I missed that. So name. the Corn Ferry guys are allowed to play. Unless it's on a sponsor's exemption. Maybe, but long story short, we're 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 going back on everything we've already said. What do we go back on? Well, we said that the guys that just graduated weren't available well, to play. Here, let me, I just Are pulled I just pulled the field event? and how they qualified. So let me is Grayson in? Is I mean, there's a bunch of guys. All right, so that VJ guy, he got in through um, it must have been a Monday qualifier. It's his open qualifying was his exemption and or hers how he qualified. Oh yeah, no VJ did qualify through um, Monday. I saw that story actually. So, did you pick you him? Go. Tommy McGaney's back in the field. Gloves. Nick Watney is playing. Nick Watney. Brian. Watch out for Stewart. gloves. Watch out for Jimmy, gloves. I wish I Jimmy Herman. Gloves. Jimmy Herman's playing. Holy cow. Like, we've got some, man. That's Jimmy crazy. Herman, Stuart, Florida's finest. First alternate, Harry Higgs. How's Harry Higgs not in this field and some of those other guys are? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Oh. Anyways. Here goes most of what happens in professional golf. Yeah. All right, gents. Anything else? No, Mike, I got to say, this nope. is a true pleasure. That's sweet of you. <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure to talk oh, with man. you. About God, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. You faggot. Bless you. Oh, hey, Lord, how many baseball my, teams my grandmother would say? Hey, where's the Red Sox at in the playoffs? The Red Sox are firing everyone, which is just fantastic. So, Oh, so they're not playing anymore? No, they're not. It's okay. What I can accept that. What are they doing that. in the ADLDS? Oh, they're, they're not in? No, that's okay. You know, they, that. Go Bravos! <laughs> yeah, they've... How how many World Series have your teams won in the last 15 years? You mean the Braves? Yeah. Well, let's not talk 15. Let's talk 20. 
<laughs> okay, let's talk 20. We had, we had a couple of good squads there back in the mid nineties. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, that was more first of all, that was more than twenty years ago. But um, it, no, it wasn't. It was twenty years ago. If you started ninety three, you look what what didn't happen in the ninety four ninety. This is this is twenty twenty three. If you subtract twenty, that brings you to two thousand three. <laughs> That's how old you are, McLean. <laughs> God, that hurts. Wow, that, where's that where's Sid Bream when you need him? God. I need I need Javi Lopez, Greg Dave Maddox, Justice, Tom Glavin, David Justice, Fred McGriff, Crime Dog. <laughs> Jesus. Chipper uh, Jones isn't walking through those where's doors. Where's Chipper Jones? Where's Ryan where's, Klesko? Where's John Rocker. Ryan Klesko, yes. Jeff Blauser, <laughs> Mark Lemke. Let's go. <laughs> Wow, that was the old that was the old expression. Is that, when, is that thir- that was thirty years ago, not twenty? Thirty, thirty, Getting almost thirty. Socks. Getting old. Yeah. Socks. <laughs> Jeez, so pee. that was the old expression when Rick Pitino coached the Celtics, and they he was getting his ass kicked, and they were asking him, giving him a hard time. The Boston media, and he goes, "Folks, Larry Bird's not walking through those doors." My life. What do you want me to do here? Yeah. Way so too old. Chipper shit. Jones is not walking through those doors. There was there was a day. <laughs> Y'all watch out for Acuna. Acuna is no joke. He is no joke. He is he's, no he's incredible. He's real deal. Holy field. He is real deal. All right, boys. All right, gents. All right. That was a pleasure. Thanks for our listeners Good as one. always. Go Bravos. Cheers. Cheers.